Welcome back to Don't Call It a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. We're all the way through Before They Are Hanged by Joe Abercrombie. Finished the book. Mm-hmm. Pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. I just want to say first, if you uh, if you missed out this past Friday, you missed out on our live stream. Shame on you. Well, I, I mean, it's fine. People are probably busy, Luke, with other things. It's, it's fine, but... Still, but we had fun, you know. We made some good friends in uh, in RuneScape. In RuneScape, yes, loved it. Um, we don't currently have plans to do it again, but I'm sure we'll get back on the live stream at some point. Maybe not even playing RuneScape. Maybe some other thing. But uh, I keep an eye out. Yeah, if if you are into it, if you want to see us do more live stream stuff, uh, let us know somewhere. There's a lot of places you can let us know. Uh, Twitter at DC to BC, Reddit, or don't call it a book club. Uh, join or, the subreddit. Or, yeah, join the subreddit, or we got a Facebook page if you're uh, if you're into the Facebook. <laughs> well said. Well Thank said. You. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's talk about let's talk about the book. I fir- I actually first want to bring up a little comment we got on the subreddit uh, from uh, from Temp Account ninety seven. Great name. Don't know don't know how you got that one. <laughs> Uh, apparently there's a couple different, uh, m- modalities of this book. Modalities. Love that. Word? Yes. I know. Uh, apparently there's a digital comic that never got finished, but I guess it's still, it's still cool. And a, uh, hearing good things about the audiobook. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big audiobook guy, but, um, Sounds like it sounds like it's pretty good. So check check that out. Thanks for commenting. Uh if anyone remember, if you got something if you got something you want us to know about, hit us up on the subreddit. Again. Yeah, we're, we're on the subreddit. We're checking that thing. So <laughs> if you wanna if you wanna get at us, that's a good place to do it. Torden knows. <laughs> okay. So so this section of Before They Are Hanged. I've got a few things to say. Number one that's that's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. In this section, Glockta gets back to to our home base. And he's like, dang, that trip didn't go super well. Salt is going to murder me. And honestly, this whole time, I was like, why do you think that he's going to be so mad at you? Did you get this? Like, it turns out Salt's not mad at him. He's actually very hyped about it. Yeah, I, and that's what I was expecting. But Glockta is like, yeah, I'm being, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in, in deep doo doo here. I think, so I think there's a disconnect here because as a reader, I'm with you. As a reader, I was like, yeah, this was already a pretty bad situation. I imagine Salt was just trying to like see how long Glockta could go. And the fact that he like recalled him at the end is like, he he knows like he knows that this was a temporary thing and like he was gonna call him back. So as a reader, I was like, oh yeah, I think Glockta's gonna be fine, and it, it kind of feels like that's the vibe I'm getting from Salt. Um, but also like imagining the situation from Glockta's perspective, like all the letters he was getting. That were like, hey, keep holding out as as long as you can to the last man. Don't give up. Uh, I expect you to be able to hold the city. All this stuff. Um, I can I can see how Glockta would would not really trust Salt to to like have his back, especially because he doesn't know what's happening back in the Union. Like maybe back in the Union, Salt is just constantly like, oh yeah, Glockta totally fucked this up. Glockta like just like ruined the city's defenses. Like he is going to have some explaining to do when he gets back. Yeah, I think that my take on this is just that it shows how non-supportive of a boss salt is which is not new information but 
you can tell that he got that Glockta gets sent into this impossible situation, and he's clearly making the best of it. Right, Glockta's crushing it. Glockta did like Glockta. such a good job. Right, and the the fact that he thinks, like, fully expects that he's gonna get in, like, chewed out and much worse shows me that like Sult isn't exactly the most reasonable boss and like to an extreme extent right Right. and it makes me think like if you're working for salt you just do not like you well first of all don't work for salt but um (laughs) any order that comes from him it's like well this is uh the end of me (laughs) (laughs) if glock is getting in trouble for this you can't do a good job on anything that Salt wants you to do, I think. I mean, unless he already likes you, right? Unless he's just sure. given you the cushy jobs. Unless you're like Goyle, where all you have to do is hang out in the main city, catch a few people who are talking about sedition every now and then, and you're fine. Like, it sounds like Goyle has the cushiest job of all time. Meanwhile, there's people who are like up in the north manning a prison camp, and Goyle just gets to chill... And torture people at home. Right. The so, dream. Yeah, I, maybe. I don't know about that. <laughs> but uh, I will say that I think Salt definitely has favorites. And I, Glockta, for some reason, just isn't one of them. I think because Glockta doesn't have a lot to like offer, except how effective he is. Because even after he does a great job... Salt is still down on him the whole time. Like, he, he like, toasts him when he comes back and is like, nice. Now, I'm going to give you this other position where Goyle's probably going to kill you. But... Yeah, I don't get this, if I'm being honest. Like, Glockta is clearly the best at his job. Mm-hmm. And everyone else doesn't really do anything. And so it seems to me like Salt actually gives Glockta the important jobs, but then also like shits on him the whole time. Right. It's a weird management style. I'll it's, say that. Yeah, I I wouldn't want to work there. Um, I will say Glockta seems to think this is his only option, which I think we need a perspective shift with Glockta. After this great success that he has managing an entire city's defenses, maybe we maybe we do a career change here. Maybe this is the time to pivot, Galacta. Because so often he is like down on himself, like, I was a changed man when I came out of those torture rooms. I'm disfigured and crippled, and the only thing I'm really good at is torturing people because I know it so well. And it's like, Galacta, that's not true. Glockta, we just saw you orchestrate a successful city defense with a populace that hates you. Yeah. Okay, so I think that that's true. I think in this in this situation, like he's going to be tossing out resumes mm-hmm. and they're going to be going straight into the trash because they're going to be like, this guy looks terrible. No, thank you. And then I think that's complicated when you... When Salt realizes that you're that you're putting out feelers, he's gonna murder you. So I do think it's a tough situation. Yeah, but you're telling me there's not a desk job somewhere where he's not a he's not facing a customer, all right? But his administration skills are being put to use. Mm-hmm. His deductive... Like in the Inquisition specifically, or maybe. But I think it could also just maybe this bank that seems to have a problem with him could give him a job. Maybe something with a little less physical component to it. Right. A little less front facing as well. Yeah. He's a back. He's a backroom guy. Yeah. I think he could do really well as a backroom guy. (laughs) I want to, I want to stay on the inquisition just for, for a little bit longer. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's another scene in here and we know that the inquisition in general is terrible. Oh Yeah like serves no purpose whatsoever um, yeah. other than to like keep salt in some 
form of power that I don't really know what he's using that power for. But the scene where Galacta comes back and Artie, Colonel West's sister, has like been taken advantage of financially and he just like threatens these people really strongly and they get like everything that they want. Being an inquisitor seems like it's a little too easy to abuse your power. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, buddy, uh, I'm going to torture you if you don't do everything that I say. You could say that to literally anyone. Yes. Yes. I will say Glockta is pretty high up in the ranks. I don't think I don't think you can day one walk into the Inquisitor's office, get accepted for a job, and go out like threatening the populace. Like I don't think you okay, can sure. do that day one. I think we're at the point where Glockta is so valuable. Salt's not gonna be like, Oh, you threatened that low level loan like requisition person, that repo, that repo guy. Ah, uh, I don't think we can let that slide, Glockta. So- I mean, I realize that Salt isn't going to do that, uh, but in a in a reasonable organization, mm. you totally should. <laughs> like that guy, they, you're getting some HR complaints <laughs> against you, and should be fired immediately if you're yeah. like using your position. <laughs> okay, okay, no, this I is get so- it. This is absurd, Luke, and here's why it's absurd. There's no customer service with the Inquisition. It's not like this bank is going to refuse to do business with the Inquisition because they heard what happened with Glockta. Like, this is what... They know this stuff is going to happen. This is the expectation for what's going to happen with the Inquisition. I just think it's bad. Yeah, it's I don't it's think it's a good, good. move. But also, it's kind of a it's kind of a cool move here when Glockta gets to flex some muscle that doesn't immediately cause him pain, and he gets to be like, uh, "Hey, Ardy, watch this, watch this." Uh, it's it's also it is crazy to me though that they have kind of a monopoly on violence in a way, mm-hmm. like the bank doesn't send a bunch of thugs to protect their investment. They're just like, well, uh, Frost beat up our, our guy. So that's that. The bank doesn't have their own practicals. It's just the Inquisition mm-hmm. that has like big beefy boys to throw punches. And I, I think that's a little crazy. I, sure, there's like a police force and stuff, but I imagine they try not to like interfere with each other's business. Yeah, I guess I just want to see, like, what happens. Like, okay, so so Glockta threatens this guy, and let's let's. I don't think, I feel like he might be like an independent person, but like, let's say he works for the bank. Yeah, and the bank's like, no, like we're gonna send somebody with him. You can't just like do that. And then like, what does the Inquisition like? What does Glockta do? Does he like charge them all for treason? <laughs> and then the bank's like, no. <laughs> And then what happens? I don't know. <laughs> well, okay, okay, okay. I think I think we might be getting back to something we talked about recently where the Inquisition doesn't really care about the truth at all, which gives right. them a lot of power, right? Because all Glockta has to say is, I'm going to make you sign a confession that you were plotting the overthrow of the government. So it doesn't even matter if you were or not. Once I put a black bag on your head. It's over. And I'm totally I mean, yeah, fine. <laughs> yes, but like at, at a certain level, that strategy has to stop working. <laughs> I mean, when when like Salt can like when Salt th- stops getting away with it. Yes. But as long as Salt is like extremely powerful in the government, who's going to who's going to stand in his way? <laughs> I but wh- OK. I just this is too, this is way too deep of a dive into their like government structure. But like Salt's power comes from being able to like torture people and like say that they were doing something wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? What if everyone's like, no, you're clearly that's clearly not it. 
Yeah, but it would take everyone to be like, you're lying. <laughs> They're not going to do that. Especially when I imagine he has just the juiciest gossip about everyone else. Mm. Like, Salt has all the, the juicy rumors. Okay, okay, but like, if everyone calls BS on him and he's throwing out rumors, it's like, yeah, that's BS. <laughs> yeah, but maybe he's got the maybe he's got the receipts, Luke. Maybe he's got the receipts. That's true. I'm just I'm sick of the Inquisition. Yeah, I think it's a wild government agency that doesn't seem to serve a whole lot of purpose. But Glockta seems to be crushing it. Whatever they're up to. Yeah, and Glockta, Glockta is furthering the Inquisition's aims, even though that's not society's aims. <laughs> sure, good, good stuff, Glockta. Yeah, maybe not the best. Maybe not the best. Uh, since we've done kind of a deep dive here, I want to I wanna zoom out a little bit. And okay. I'm going to say this is, this is an unexpected called shot from me. Okay. In that I mentioned the last episode, the Shanka were definitely not getting airdrops of Jack Link's beef jerky. I think that was my exact wording. Um, yeah, they're not getting airdrops of Jack Link's beef jerky, but they're definitely finding some kind of jerky that's just out in the wild. So, one, I appreciate Joe being like, I get it. We got to figure out what these guys eat. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry, Luke and Dan, we're going to tell you what they eat. I appreciate that, Joe. Great job. This happens every time. It, it, literally the chapter <laughs> after we ended, yeah. I know. Every time we, we, when we speculate on something, it's explained in the next chapter. Uh, I think this is a good explanation, too. I think it was great. I can't imagine that... Like, there's got to be other stuff that happens if there's not like microbes and stuff consuming the flesh right like sure it could just jerky right i imagine it's turning into jerky but if it sits for that long there's got to be other kind of chemical things that happen to it right luke i uh, yes like i would think so it's all buried underground <laughs> there's like rain that happens ah since we okay since we uh since we got a answer i gotta drill down deeper mm -hmm. right um i'm curious why living things don't go back yes you know what i mean yeah there's no real barrier to humans and shanka going in so like i get that maybe at one point in time everything in there died yeah but like what's why are we not why are we not making moves back why are there no birds uh why are like, there no worms? it seems like the reason there's no like consequence for people other than it just being like kind of creepy right yeah so are the are the like microbes and birds and stuff just like eh, i don't really like it over there <laughs> it's kind of quiet i don't love that right right well especially Okay, this is we're gonna get a little bit in the weeds here. Imagine, imagine the Shanka show up one day. Is it is it like they get past this magical barrier of the city and suddenly they look at each other and we're like, "Hey, did the fleas all just disappear, or am I hallucinating right now?" Right. Yeah. We we've got little we've got little guys all over us. Right. And like even smaller than that, like we've got a ton of just like living things all over our bodies all the time, inside of our bodies. Are the Shanka eating things and like, oh I've got terrible indigestion from all these human thighs I've been eating. From all these thick human thighs. Uh I wonder what's going on. And the other Shanka are like, Oh, have you been eating any yogurt? Is something with probiotics <laughs> or something? Because you gotta you gotta replenish those. You do got to replenish those, especially here, especially here. I think it's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> How does it work, Joe? <laughs> You've hooked us. I'm interested. Maybe there's just exceptions. You're saying the you Shanka know? and people are the only two living things that can get by. The two exceptions. Okay. Could be. 
Alternatively, everyone's got a really short memory. Alternatively, this like cataclysmic event that happened was not that long ago. Okay. Maybe. And, the, and everything just has not had time to return yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, um, it's like at the, you know, the site of like a nuclear bomb. Sure, like the Shanka and people were able to come back because we're pretty mobile. We can bring food with us, but mm -hmm. it just hasn't been the like minimum amount of time for other things to come back. Right, and those trees have not rotted. Not, not only because there's nothing there to rot them but because it's only been like three weeks yeah exactly exactly <laughs> that's probably it that answers a lot of questions i think about what's going on here sure sure yeah totally something else that i want to get a little specific on they just okay so our crew is leaving the dead city and they're about to go up in the mountains and jezel's like all right, Mr. Horace, you've done such great work for me. Thank you so much. I'm going to take off all this stuff and just, yeah, get out of here, buddy. You earned it. And then Pharaoh, like, cuts its head off and is like, we got to eat that. Mm -hmm. Okay. On its face? Sure. That makes sense. There were horses pulling the cart, too. So you just decided, like, Jezel, I'm sick of you and your happy-go-lucky new attitude. I'm going to murder your horse. I don't have to do it. I could have murdered these other two horses. But I'm going to kill your horse, Jezel, because you're pissing me off. Right. The, the presumption here being that they're leaving the other horses alive, right? Yeah. Which I think is, I think is true. They're not carrying three full horses worth of meat up into the mountains. Yeah, I think it's, it is very rude to not take a vote on which horse you're killing. Well, I mean, like, it seems like nobody cares about the cart horses. Like, Jezel clearly cares about this horse. He's, like, kind of getting it ready. He's, he's giving it a little pep talk. He's doing, like, he's doing, like, Sam when he sends Bill the pony back to not go into Moria. You know, he's like, mm -hmm. go on home, Bill. Jezel's like, you'll, you'll make your way. Stay away from that city, that dead city, but you'll find your way. And then Pharaoh's like, eh, we'll let the cart horses go. <laughs> Why do we even need to vote? We don't need to vote. I mean, I, I want to hear from everyone, right? Like, Jezel's really into his horse. I feel like Quay's been driving these cart horses. Maybe he's got a little bit of affection for them. Oh, Interesting. You're saying maybe maybe Jezel missed the vote. Maybe this vote happened and they were like, they're doing roll call. And they were like, Jezel, Jezel, that's okay. We still have a quorum. All right. What horses are we killing? <laughs> I think I think something along those lines. Yeah. Jezel missed it because he was busy taking the saddle off of his horse and like giving it this pep talk, which is the sad irony of the situation. Yeah, it, it is the sad because he, he clearly cares a lot for the horse, right? <laughs> right right i also imagine within that debate they had to have a discussion of which horse looked the tastiest because Ooh, if you're only mm -hmm. killing and eating one horse then you want to pick the one that looks yummy for sure for sure um is it good do you want more muscle is that i don't know the move because i feel like the court horse court ah because i feel like the cart horses gotta be pretty buff yeah, but maybe it's all lean muscle, you know. Mm, you don't want that. You, you yeah, you want a you want a smaller blend. Yeah, and Jezel's been Jezel's horse has had it kind of easy. I feel like. Yeah. So. Yeah. Maybe it was the right call. Yeah, I think it might have been objectively the right call, but you didn't even include Jezel in the discussion, which I think is a little mm -hmm. rude. Because I that think the blow no, he didn't even get to say goodbye. No. You just like well. <laughs> In a way, sure, but not, like, for murder. He got to say goodbye for, like, l leaving. He didn't get to say, you're dying goodbye. <laughs> That's a very different it's goodbye. It's a different goodbye. It's, it's absolutely true. I, I will say, I think this is very on brand for Pharaoh. Like, makes a lot of sense. We loved it. 
I also loved it because I'm sick of Jezel. So I was into, I will say I was into it when his horse got murdered in front of his very eyes. I think we could have softened the blow a little bit if we had just been like, hey, look at that haunch real quick. Imagine how good that's going to taste in a couple days. It's a good looking haunch. That haunch, we're going to get some good meat off of that thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, okay, I'm sad, but also I've got something to look forward to. Right, right. After eating biscuits, now I'm getting that haunch. Getting some haunch. <laughs> I think that's very. That's a very good point. I want to. I want to move us to a small thing about about Colonel West. Mm-hmm. So he gets to to like the real army, and he's like telling everyone the news, sharing the tea. And then he gets to his buddies. They're like, hey, how'd you like survive? And he's like, so I was fighting. And Kathel, however we're pronouncing her name, comes up and just like murders this guy, right? That's been attacking me. And they're like, wow, good for her. And then at that moment, West is like, you know, that was pretty hot. <laughs> and like, this is the moment where he's like, you know, I'm kind of into Kathel. West is describing this grisly murder. Yeah, she took a hammer and bashed this guy's brain in. The blood splattered everywhere. It got all over. And then he looked down in his lap and he was like, oh, hello. What are we doing down there? <laughs> it just seems like a weird thing to be into. Yeah, I think it's very telling that the reason why she she doesn't want any part of West is she's like, I think you're a little too angry, my guy. <laughs> right. And it's very funny because he gets very angry when she says this. Uh, mm -hmm. But this initially kind of struck me out of left field because it didn't seem like Colonel West was demonstrating a lot of like anger around her. Like it didn't seem like, from our perspective, Colonel West was a super angry guy all the time. It seemed like he was aggravated it seemed like he had a lot to do like he was very stressed out a lot of the time but i never i don't think in the sections we saw we saw him go off into like a rage like granted he did when he fought and they they gave him that new name furious but he's fighting people like that's i feel like that's very different um i think that i think that he's getting everything he responds to is kind of a little more than other people mm. like every time like one of the northmen comes up and kind of confronts him he like tries to stand up and be like angry you know what i mean uh -huh. so i i do think that he is clearly pretty angry i think that you're right in those sections that we've read it's not like insane it's not like every time he's on screen he's yelling at somebody i do kind of get that he's a little He's a little stressful to hang out with, I think. Yes, yes. And so I, I just think that this shows a, a lot of insight in this character that she is able to see like, yeah, you don't like get super furious a lot of the time, but I can sense you, you at least popped a half chub when I killed that guy with the hammer. <laughs> and I, I don't think I'm into that. It's not really something I want to make a habit and I don't want like that to be you know, what we need for you to be excited. Right, right. So so I just thought this was very insightful on her part to be like, I know me, I know what I want, and I think I know you, and I don't want, I don't want that. And I, I'm, I mean, it's also incredible how, like, right she was too, though, because the last book ended with him assaulting Artie mm -hmm. and it's like from that point on we as readers knew Colonel West isn't the best guy uh but the fact that that our, our character here is able to see that and kind of feel that about Colonel West shows a lot of insight it does it does and I do I think that the fact that she likes Dogman is also like he's Dogman is very not angry Mm hmm. Yes. Which is good for her for being consistent. 
Absolutely. Well, I think I think a lot of the Northmen get a bad rap, but I think of Logan, Three Trees, Dogman, of our like big three, they're all very well adjusted. Sure, <laughs> the Bloody Nine is a disaster. Shh, that's fine. But the rest of them seem very cool for all the terrible stuff that they have to do all the time. Right. I think they're all a catch. I think uh, no, I agree. Actually. Any one of these guys is a huge catch, so I think it makes perfect sense. Yeah, and I do like at the end here that Dogman gets to be chief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I also like I, th- this scene was really good for me, or in my opinion, uh, Dogman gets to be chief. And there's this part where he's like, "What? I'm like, would be the last choice." And everyone's like, "No, like I would have voted for you." I think it was really, I think it was, it was kind of touching. It was a touching moment for sure. For sure. Sad. Since we're, since we're already here, sad. Cause like, I, I'm a big fan of three trees. I was very into sure. three trees. Great leader. He seemed to have a good head on his shoulders. He really kept the squad together. I like three trees. So his death was a bummer. <laughs> uh-huh. But I think Dogman's going to do a great job. Dogman just needs a confidence boost, and I think this might be it. I don't, I, I don't think that the confidence boost is going to last. I think he's still going to be very insecure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's he, no, he's a good, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He'll be a, he'll be a good leader. I think. It it does make me a little worried for when slash if Logan comes back, mm. what the dynamic is going to be there, because. For a while, I was, like, excited for Logan to come back because I was like, there's going to be this great reunion and all, all of his friends who think he's dead are going to see him and be a hype and they're going to get the gang back together. But now that Three Trees has died, it's like, oh, they can't quite... It's not going to be that great anymore because a lot, like, the squad is dying and now mm-hmm. that Dogman is the one in charge, it's like, who's in charge now? I don't really want Dogman to like roll over, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Because because when you first brought this up, I was gonna say like I don't really think either of them are the type of people to like get mad at the other for being the leader. No. But I see what you're saying about like not wanting Dogman to to give up on his dreams. Yeah, I think he's been given this great opportunity here, and I think it would be really easy for for Logan to show up and Dogman to be like, okay, nice. I'll go back to my, my other role and you can be the leader. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want that for Dogman. Okay. Yeah. Grow, grow as a character, Dogman. And, and just keep growing. That's what I want. Like a tree, Dogman. Exactly. Call you like... Put those roots down. Call you like three trees or something like that. <laughs> New name for you. <clears throat> Speaking of growing as a character, some growing I would love to see as characters is with any of these disciples from Jez or from Juvens. I would mm. love for any of them to change at all because it seems like they've been they've been the same for so long that they're completely stuck in their ways to the point of absurdity. Case in point. Why are we still building boats? This woman, okay, context. Baez shows up at the edge of like the continent and is like, I need to get in that boat that you promised Juvens you would make so I can go to the island to get the rock. And this lady who is like, I can't remember her name for the life of me, but the other student of Juvens is like, yes, I promised I would, ca- I would keep a boat here and keep it shipped in case somebody had to had to get this thing and yes the first boat rotted away and the second boat also rotted away the third boat it's out there and ready to go what (laughs) are you doing that sounds so cool granted it sounds great it sounds like there's a lot of time passing have you heard of a dry dock Mm -hmm. just roll it up the hill a little ways put it in a shed and leave it there Take it, take it over to this, to the city where nothing rots. 
It's just across the... Well, I don't know about that, Luke, because you got to cross the mountains. <laughs> but, like, why are we just letting these boats rot in the water? Like, there's got to be a solution here. You're just building another boat. Right. And I was... The, the thing that throws me here is that when we see the boat, I think Jezel describes it as, like, some piece of garbage, mm-hmm. right? Just, like, some bathtub of a boat and it's i would i would like to hear that she's been like working on her technique right she's like okay learn from boat number seven boat number eight gonna be pretty good this one's got a jacuzzi inside and glass floors so you can see the fishies right like what else are you doing well Baez seems to be claiming that she's just super lazy because mm-hmm. yeah Baez is like you're just chilling here doing what exactly and he gestures to like everything around it seems to me like this is strategic though because everything in this place kind of sucks mm-hmm. like this there's a scene when they're talking and they're at this feast that stands out so vividly to me because it's one of the rare times in fantasy books we get a feast that's described as like disgusting it's one of the rare times when you know normally like if we're taking game of thrones for example every time they describe food it sounds so great it sounds lovely right here joe is describing the food that they're eating and i want no part of it at all and so this could be a strategy from this woman who is like trying to deter people from going because I, I don't think she wants anyone to go get the thing. So she's going to make it as unpleasant as possible for everybody. And, uh... Okay. You're saying... You're saying her display area is awful. Right? You got some... some gar- This bad, broken-down library. Bad food. The boat's looking rough. But in the back... We've got some tennis courts. Mm-hmm. We've got, we've got some great, I don't know, just like all of it's good. Back when people aren't seeing it, she's playing PS Seven out there on the couch. Right, right. It like out front, she's got the women's March Madness facilities, and in the back, mm. she's got the men's March Madness facilities. You know what I mean? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Very topical. Look at, look at Dan with some sports knowledge. That's right. I know things. Yeah, I, I think that might be that might be how it's going. That seems that seems fair to me. But that, I mean, sure. it just I would get so frustrated. I'd be like, why am I even here? If I don't want anyone to go to get this rock, why am I even doing this? Why am I even putting up this facade? Right. Like you made a promise to some dude so long ago i don't know it doesn't really seem it doesn't really it's not this promise is not like bringing me any joy right yeah. <laughs> i'm over here at the end of the world not doing anything I which mean, i mean i will say that seems to be what she wants yeah but she also has to eat gross beef whenever some guy comes up and wants to get the rock every time somebody comes up wanting to get the rock she's like oh, i've got to pull out the gross meat and i've got to <laughs> I've got to defrost some chicken, some dried chicken thighs that have been freezer burned. Oh, I hate doing this. I would, I would also say this feels like a waste of her talents. What are I don't her know what talents. her talents are. Yeah, what are her talents, Luke? I don't know what her talents are, but you could, if you're traveling across the world, you could you could build a boat, right? Like it's not you've you've already got you've found someone with demon blood, pretty tough to find. Uh-huh. You found someone who can speak to spirits. Not very many of those guys. Uh you've got the navigator and then some like extras. I don't I don't see why you can't add a little a little boat builder in there. Yeah, that seems well I just don't think that you need to like imprison this person for the sole purpose of like keeping a boat around mm. for a very rare event mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. I think this is a very good point. Um, also, the place we're going is an island, right? Mm-hmm. Could we not have just sailed there? Like, yeah, maybe it would take a little longer, but like, I'll just take a boat. I don't need to okay. go across the mountains and go through dead city. Right. I'll hop on the Mayflower, and uh, right. We do. We do know that the that the Union has a good navy. Yeah, incredible navy. You maybe, we don't get a map here, so maybe it's like a weird island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it, it could be in the middle of like a lake or something. Maybe this is maybe this is an enclosed body of water. But if not, eh, maybe just have a nice cruise. Maybe you should have cruised there. Mm-hmm. Then you Even don't have better. to worry about terrible lady. Yeah, yeah. They're like, <laughs> they're like, ah, dang. There's only two bridges crossing this river. <laughs> Would be nice if we had left another person here to man a boat forever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it would have been nice. Would have been nice. You know what else would be nice, Luke? Hmm. It would be nice if people stopped requesting Glockta's presence as soon as possible. Especially in the middle of the night. Yeah. Guys, how... What is your mental process that you're like, oh, it's three in the morning and Glockta's definitely asleep? Yeah, I can I can make sure he gets here uh, as soon as possible because this is an urgent crisis and he'll definitely be here uh, in a timely manner. Right, right. Like if you want someone for the job and it needs to be quick, Glock does your choice. Yeah, he doesn't take like 30 minutes to put his shoes on or anything like that. It's totally... like, okay, we let's let's think who which superior of the Inquisition would be best at this at this uh this event that i need them to get here quickly for glockta glockta's the one also the best one for a long trip to a to a foreign uh island glockta classic what he's best at oh there was a murder at the top of the tallest tower in the entire city you know who would be really good for that glockta he loves it he really loves, he loves it he loves climbing stairs and heights. I want to say something else about about Galacta here. So he's doing he's like going through this extra investigation to figure out who actually murdered the prince because apparently everyone's like fuck it whatever let's blame it on that guy. Um and the bankers come in and want him to stop. Yeah. And he has to because he, like, took a loan from them. I don't get why he's so afraid of them. Is this not, like... This is what I was trying to figure out, too. The only explanation I have is he's afraid that they will tell Salt that they gave him a loan. Because he was like, what's the worst that you're going to do? Like, what are you going to do if I don't stop? Are you going to tell Salt? that I took your loan and he was like, they're going to do much worse than that. And I was like, why does it matter if they tell salt that you took money from them? Right. Yeah. I like, Hey salt. I, uh, these people gave me some money. That's like why I was so successful down there. Okay. <laughs> that seems fine. And what did they want in return? Oh, a favor. Oh yeah. Easy. Don't ever give them the favor. <laughs> million dollars, baby. Because like, if they try to like, they don't need the, like, receipt over you. If they have some extra, like, way of enforcing this, like, they can just threaten you even if they don't give you that money, right? Right. I don't know. I don't know. Unless... <laughs> unless Glockta kept all the money and he doesn't want Salt to find out, he just has a million dollars lying around. Like... Uh, yeah, unless Glockta just, like, actually took out way more loans and didn't use this million dollars for what we thought he did. And I think he does still have all the gemstones, so he has a good chunk right. left over. 
but yeah, I, I was having a hard time understanding the leverage that they had on Glockta to get him to stop doing this. Granted, like, maybe they don't have any and Glockta's just telling this guy what he wants to hear. Like, maybe they're... Oh, oh, you think that Glockta is going to just keep up with the investigation? Yeah, maybe Glockta is like, I need to tell this guy I'll stop, but I'm going to keep going. Sure, sure. Um, I, maybe their big punishment is... I can't imagine anything more stressful than having to carry around a million dollars in gemstones everywhere I go. That sounds horrible, honestly. Like, it's a lot of money, sure, but I'm going to die of stress <laughs> three months of carrying that. My blood pressure, I don't know blood pressure units, but it's going to be a thousand over a million. I don't know what they are. Yeah, that sounds high. That sounds high. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I think Glock is used to handling stress, though. So I, I think mm. I think he'd be able to handle it okay. Sure, sure. This might be a hot take, Luke. I okay. think the union is not very powerful. I think okay. I think they're not very good militarily. I don't think their navy is that impressive because we've seen it do jack shit so far. And their government seems to be on its last legs because some terrible royalty were just murdered. And, like, the biggest reason, the biggest revealing thing for me that they kind of suck is the battle with the Northmen. What? You had one plan, and that was it? Like, your plan was... One general is going to march up and hold them in the middle. And then another general is going to sweep in and flank. And that's the plan. What? You're not planning for like, oh, okay. And well, that's the best case scenario. If they come around and, and flank me, here's what we're going to do. And if they do this, here's what we're... You don't have any of that. Mm -hmm. You're just like... Oh, yeah, we're definitely going to do this plan because it's the right one. And we don't need to worry about anything else. It does seem like uh, Burr, who is the mm -hmm. the like leader of their army, is risking a lot on this. Right. And it doesn't seem like a super confident plan. And I also don't see why they have to like risk their entire army up here. Yes. Yes, uh, I think it was, it's just, what's frustrating to me is they know that Bethod is like super wily and they know that he's really good at foiling people's plans. And, and even with that in mind, they're like, we'll make one plan and hope it works. Right. They, they even say a bunch of times like, yeah, Bethod's really clever. So like, Let's hope he doesn't have anything up his sleeve. It's like, you should make accommodations for when he dies. Right. It's like, okay, that's the best case plan. What's the worst case plan? So at least if I like get shot, you all have some idea of what to do and aren't just like sitting around waiting for me to tell you what to do. Right. Like we've got, we've got two generals. Uh, one of them, I think, I don't remember which one, Croy or something is the one in the middle and Polder is supposed to come down. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, so if Polder doesn't come down, something probably happened. This is what you should do. Instead, we've just got like, yeah, he's going to come down. <laughs> just hold out until he does. And you'll be fine. Oh, yeah. We haven't heard anything from him in hours. Oh, don't worry. He's probably just being really sneaky. He's probably just hanging out. I just I think that this is true like as on a everyone in a position of power or almost everyone in a position of power seems utterly incompetent. They're, it's ripe to fall. This empire is terrible. It's garbage. Right. I do wonder how much of it is like this generation of everyone mm. is bad. Yeah. Or if they're just like they're in a lucky zone. You know what I mean? Like, maybe they're in a position where it's hard to attack them, 
and they've also got great position for like crops and stuff so like that's how they've been able to build a big empire but then when it like anything anything tries to go against that they're not super great against it i don't know yeah i so i did look up a map when we started this book and there's not one in the book but there's like i think maybe fan-made maps online and it, it appears like the union is this like island in the middle of this ocean like a pretty large island like australia is what i'm picturing and then around it are these other continents so like to the north across a, a sea is england to the south is the gurkish lands and so it's like very separate it's very separate by water which which makes sense why their navy is very good and all that stuff and so yeah maybe they're just insulated and if anybody could get to them it would be over in like a day that's fair. I just, I think they suck. I think they suck so bad. <laughs> they definitely do, for sure. It's tough to watch. <sighs> yeah, it's kind of tough to watch. It's also sort of satisfying to watch. It's it's wild that like the closed council, right, are the people that are making all the decisions, and they seem like just maybe like good at what they do but like what they do is not good yeah you know what i mean yeah and then even then are like there's the open council right which is like all the nobles they're like those guys are fucking idiots (laughs) it's like okay who's the good one (laughs) the prince or they're not the prince the king is like barely alive (laughs) who's who's doing it Luke, they've just set up a system that's so foolproof that uh, even when it's run by a bunch of fools, it'll work. It's too big, too big to fail. Too big to fail. I would call it. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Luke, before we get to reviews, I've got a quick question for you. Were were they a little bit too hasty to discard this rock? Oh, for sure. Like, <laughs> I was bothered by this. They get this rock from inside of a spirit. And they've traveled all this way, and apparently it's the seed that, like, destroys all life. And Baez is like, yeah, it just looks like a rock. Hang on, I'm going to touch it. And it's like, okay, first of all, do we not have any safety protocols? Like, you, you carried a box here from across the continent because you thought it was so dangerous. And now you're just going to touch it? Like, maybe at least put on some goggles or something, Baez regardless Mm -hmm. he touches it doesn't immediately die and then he like licks it and he doesn't die and he's like this is fucking garbage and he smashes it (laughs) on the ground yes what are you doing i thought it was i did think it was hasty um because like maybe it needs new batteries or something (laughs) or you just have to speak some like magic words or something and like, right. I also kept waiting for Jezel to be important because it seemed like everybody they brought had a purpose except Jezel. And I was waiting for them to reveal like, and it turns out Jezel is actually Juven's heir. And so Jezel uh, has a secret tattoo, a secret birthmark mm-hmm. tattoo that tells us the secret word to activate the crystal in the seed. Right sure and then that wasn't that wasn't it and they just smashed it (laughs) (laughs) they're a little too caught up in appearances i think here right here's this rock that has appeared out of nowhere from a spirit but it looks like a normal rock and because it looks like a normal rock it's like that's not it (laughs) It could be. It's a because the thing is, it's just a rock from the underworld, right? Yeah. I like. Why didn't we have a description of what it looks like then? Like, okay, if it if it is black with like little gold veins running through it, that's it. Mm-hmm. If that's what you need. Did you uh, recently? There was a sort of a drama documentary series on HBO about Chernobyl that was very big. Did you ever watch this? 
I didn't watch it, but I heard a lot about it. Okay. So I was getting a lot of just like super radioactive material vibes from this this seed. And so in my mind, my picture of it was just like a innocuous looking rock that was just mm-hmm. so deadly that if you got too close to it, it would murder you because it was emitting gamma radiation. And like, yeah, you can't see it. That's what makes it so terrifying. <laughs> it just looks like a rock, but you will die if you get too close to it. And so I, right. they hand this rock to them and I'm like, why are we all just standing there? Get behind some lead. What are you doing? No, for sure. For sure. I'm like, did you guys see Chernobyl? We need to set up a containment zone. <laughs> He's like, okay, everyone, step back <laughs> a little bit. You remember that city? Remember that city we walked through where nothing was alive for miles around? Well, take a few steps back because I'm about to get the rock <laughs> that caused that. How many steps? I don't know, a few. I think just a few. Oh, man. I This upset me. This upset me <laughs> at the end of this book. I will say, if we take it at face value that this is just a rock, I will say, very funny prank, Juvens. Mm. Mm-hmm. Very funny prank. We love it. And a big payoff. Oh, big payoff, yeah. That's a long buildup, but it's such a good payoff. You and your brother are like, okay, I'm going to make a box and I'll just get a rock and hide it in a spirit. And then someone is going to be on this journey for a long time in the future. It's going to be so funny, dude. Someone's going to be mad. I also really like here, actually, the Jezel's reaction to it. Because Jezel's just like, all right. <laughs> I don't really care. I don't know why I'm here. I'm going home. That's fine. <laughs> I didn't really want to deal with a radioactive rock. I think it's fine. Guys, people were warning us about this the whole way here. Maybe this is like a blessing in disguise. Maybe we should look on the bright side. That rock sounded terrible. <laughs> I didn't did. want to say anything because it seemed like everyone was on board with it, but I'm glad we didn't find it. And, like, no one knew why they were on this trip until pretty close to the end. So, like, I really think that the only people that are really disappointed are Baez and Pharaoh. Because Pharaoh was like, yeah, I'm going to murder everybody. But, like, Logan and and Jezel and, and uh, I forget the guide's name. Longfoot. Longfoot. are probably like, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm still getting paid for this, right? I- all right, cool, cool. Oh, man. Um, all right, Luke. I think we should give short reviews. I think okay. we don't need to go into too much detail because uh, I imagine we're going to read the, the last book in the trilogy and then we can give kind of more series-wide reviews. Uh, I'll start. I like these books a lot. I think uh, the characters are far and away the best parts of these books i love glockta we all love glockta okay luke might not love glockta but i love glockta um and i i just love how like complex the characters are very interesting uh a lot of moral ambiguity here and i think the characters are super good and i just i want to see what happens to them so i'm into it sure sure i think I think that this is a very good book. Like, it's obviously a good book, right? The characters are written very well and everything. I just don't know if it's for me. Interesting. Again, I'm not saying it's a bad book. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a good book. And I I don't know if it's my style. Interesting. Though. And this is your second read-through, too. Yes. Here's my. I, I actually think that I really liked the first one. And I don't really know why it's different for this one um part of this i think and again this comes down to like the style of book is right this is a like the subgenre of this is like grim dark which i don't honestly fully know what it means but uh this is like the classic example of that subgenre and i feel like 
it's more of a cynical book. Mm. Like the hallmarks of this is more just like cynicism. And I just, I don't, I don't like cynicism. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. But like it, for that book, it's for that kind of book. It's very good. You know what I mean? Like it's very cynical. <laughs> But uh, Luke, are you telling me you want to read The Hobbit next, or? <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to read like Hungry, Hungry. What is it? What's the caterpillar one? Oh yeah, I don't remember, but yeah, I know what you're talking. We're just about. having a good. We're having a good time. <laughs> no, no, but uh, I actually do. I I do think it's a good book. I think the characters are very good. Um, I just I get a little exhausted by things always being terrible. Right, the tone isn't quite what Luke is looking for when he looks at a book. <laughs> right, right. But we will, I think we will at some point return, finish up the series. Mm-hmm. Not next week, though. That's right. What are we uh, What are we getting into next week, Luke? Next week, we're going to start Seven Eves by Neil Stevenson. A little sci-fi book. Mm-hmm. Pretty exciting. Yeah, so first third of that. Get ready for next week. And uh, Luke and I will spend the week reading. We'll spend the week hustling. And we'll spend the week coming up with some hot takes for you all out there. And spend the week acting like dumb nerds. 